life uh, finds a way. Hi, Betty! Looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river! One year, baby! Take it away, Jeff. Your new host. Oh, yeah. You are listening to the Horror Throwdown podcast, where a bunch of just goons talk about Brendan Fraser, his greatness. Watch two movies and compare them and see if he can survive. Now, over to the man of the hour, minute and second, Joseph, don't call me Joe, Thomas Kincaid. Take it away, Joe. Stop it. Stop it. You're too good to me. Uh, Jeff, welcome back. Thank you. Am I still at yeah, the top? Love, or has something been beat? See, you're still at the top. That's you still right, haven't baby. broken 100 yet. Not 100 yet, but you're at the top. We're four Happy listens away. I, I think it. I, I think what I've, what I've gathered from doing this show for this past year, welcome to our one-year anniversary episode, by the Woo! way, everyone. Uh, what, what I gathered is that the fans like to keep us humble, you know? Right. Absolutely. They don't, they don't want our egos to get too big. Mm-hmm. They don't want us to just, you know, you know, walk around whatever the word is, rhymes with britches, you know, they don't want to see us do that. Right. They want, they, wanna... they want real, they want honesty, mm-hmm. and they want just goons being goons. That's right. That's right. If it ain't yeah, sticky, I think that's what we, give them. we ain't doing it. Uh, yeah. Warning may get sticky. May get sticky. <laughs> we should probably put a should probably put a, put a warning up top every episode yeah uh, join with me he, you thank you for introducing me this is Justin Kincaid with me as always is my co-host Cisco Navarro and producer Trunks uh yeah so this is one year uh we were just three you know baby face Padawans and now we're you know are we I wouldn't say full Jedi I'm a Sith oh for sure you're a Sith to the oh, day I die. You're just you're just 100%. finding all those those thick Asians and you're just, you know. I'm putting I'm putting all those okay. younglings in coffins. You know, it's it's a shame that this isn't a visual <laughs> medium because man, I am doing a lot of like hand movements can, and like all that. You can screenshot it. And yeah, this might Instagram. be a screen grab worthy one. Yeah, your face is very animated. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, but but yeah. Jeff, Jeff and I are are I, I don't want to say our most requested guest, but our most consistent listen to, I'd say. That's right. That's right. I'm all, about, I'm all about keeping consistent numbers, okay? You don't want some blowhard to just, you know, go too crazy on an app and then suddenly the magic is gone. You want someone who goes there, puts the numbers on the board. He might, he might not be the best, but he's, he's coming every time with heat, all right? Yeah. I'm ready. I watch the movies. I love the movies. Thank you for the first time making <laughs> me not hate you. I thought you liked uh, the Christmas episodes. Did we? Did I do the Christmas episodes? Yeah, you did. Yeah, that you did. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that was good. Like Christmas, that was good. Them. Uh, Is this your first time watching both these movies? No, no. I had oh. seen. Um, I had seen. Uh, the which one? Well, before before we before we get it, chunks introduce the movies we're doing today. Uh, this week we are celebrating our one year anniversary by revisiting probably the most popular of Brendan's movies. Uh, the Mummy. 1992? Is that right? 97? 99. I can do research, but I don't uh, anymore. Mummy? 99. Yeah, 99. 99. 99. Okay, great. And <laughs> we are pairing Christ, it. One year, it's a, that's, our, that's our like tent pole. 
It's <laughs> one, it's one it. near you, dumb bitch. How do you not know that? Got a point. Uh, point. There's a lot going on. Got a point. You are a dumb bitch. I, well. <laughs> uh, and then we are pairing it uh, with the absolute classic uh, Jurassic Park. Benchwarmers. Benchwarmers. Oh. Did yeah, everyone watch Benchwarmers instead of Jurassic yeah. Park? I really wanted to. Yeah. Oh, could have fooled them. No, I know we could have fooled them because everyone. <laughs> when other people do notice and people reach out to me, it's like they they know I love a good gaslight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gaslight. I'm a good little gaslight boy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But with that being Is that said, something we want to be known for. Oh yeah, it's the oh, number yeah. one gaslight podcast. Yeah, this day and age, one hundred percent. Cool. I would I would have just lied and said that I saw it just just because I didn't want to you know upset any of the goons. Wanted to make sure y'all were happy. You know, oh, like oh, bench warmers, yeah, yeah, that's the one, that's the sports one, and you know, I would have just, I would have tap danced my way through the dream, the 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 thing, and it would be good, it'd be good. I feel like we would have got into it, and oh. you would have just been able to bust out some like stories completely unrelated. Oh, to I mean, bench warmers yeah. about the different cast members, and it would have been enough. I hey, John Lovitz is in it. John Lovitz, uh, Nick. I do Nick love John Lovitz. Is that his name? Who? Nick Swartzen, yeah. No? Oh, yeah, yeah, he is in there, yeah. I forgot, he plays... Uh, the little albino boy. The little boy that's afraid of the sun. He plays the bro. You can, probably, you, can, you can probably connect Jurassic Park to Benchwarmers. I feel nice. like they share a very similar backbone. Yeah. Or DNA, if you will. Maybe. Yeah. You could, you could be it's like... Because they talked about DNA in that movie okay. a lot. Okay. In the mummy? This is a whole other okay. podcast. Jeff. This is a whole other podcast. Oh, podcast. Two movies, Kevin Bacon style, and how to do it in the shortest amount of time. Now, I this had, would take. Oh, that's fun. I had, I had that idea to connect movies to Free Willy, but I immediately got shut down with that idea. <laughs> that's because here's the thing we've talked shit about a bunch of Warner Brothers properties on this show, but somehow they only contacted us in regards to Free Willy. I, I don't know. Because it's got a 70% it on Rotten Tomatoes. Does it really? Yeah. What about the hey, audience score? You know, it's been a while since we've really praised a movie, but I will say uh, Free Willy, uh, like, just like fucking Wishmaster, airtight. The movie's airtight. Audience, uh, oh, wow. My bad. So watertight. And then 49% audience, so. 49% audience. That means less than half the people were like, I fucking hate this movie. Yeah, you know, Rotten Tomatoes is like super weird where sometimes I'm like, dang, they don't know what they're doing. Aggregate scores. Don't uh, doing. They don't know what they're doing. Like, do you guys have a specific um, uh, reviewer that you trust more than like the aggregate score um, stuff? Do you have a specific person you look to like a, like a movie blog or like an influencer someone or, or some publication that you're like they know what's up and I'm going to follow them because they have the right opinions you mean besides the three of us besides besides looking to each other and being like you like this you know piece of shit right yeah yeah it was good the fucking what was that movie <laughs> I God. for me horror wise I at least look into the dead meat like podcast YouTube channel dead meat okay. yeah dead meat their Love big it. horror channel uh, they were in Halloween, or no, uh, the most recent mm-hmm. Scream as well. But that's one of the ones I look at for horror stuff. Brendan's stuff is just me, me and my myself and my corpses. Yeah. I like certain. 
certain reviewers, like I mentioned on the show before, like Brett Arnold, who does the New Flesh podcast. Um, yeah, you keep harassing. We that. have we have similar we have similar tastes in a lot of things, but uh, my God, he can be very wrong on certain things sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it happens with everybody. Yeah. You also religiously followed Joe Dante's reviews. Yeah, I've harassed that poor man at least several times this past year just trying to get him on the show to no avail nothing bad um but all right since we all have a tight schedule today we so like jeff said earlier we normally take the brendan and then pair it with the horror film um i don't even know if we're gonna do like a survival stats for this day because i feel you will the mummy and jurassic park are both very much like in the same wheelhouse as far as no, we're totally going to do Sprites. Not, that's, that's the not, whole point of the not podcast. Not horror movies, but very horror adjacent. I, mean, like, I, I, mean, would, I would argue, I would actually argue Jurassic Park's a horror movie, to be honest. Well, the horrors of, of science gone too far, certainly. And I think just science in general. Yeah. Sci- the science is a horrifying topic. Of having to deal with children. Yeah, that's really it. That's really it. <laughs> having to have the child and deal with The scariest with scene in that whole movie they're getting in the cars for the first time to go on their tour and like uh, dr grant just can't get rid of that kid he's like no kid i do not, not want to hear you talk about my book go away. i read your book oh it's it's great do you realize think the dinosaurs turned into birds and that's where they all went well a few species may have evolved along those lines yeah <laughs> yeah the horrors of being stuck with children yeah yeah that you didn't want that's oh, fine. Man. That's fine. Okay. Let's dive into that a little bit more. But um, so we're going to follow the usual format. Yes. Absolutely. Switch it up. Cisco is going to take the Brendan Fraser movie this week because he didn't talk about the mummy when we did the first episode. That is very true, Joseph. Yeah, you didn't take shit, actually. <laughs> I, I thought about listening back to the episode, but I never did. Oh, God. Could you imagine yeah, hearing our, our, our baby face inspired voices? But that's when we did like the whole plot breakdown. Yeah, that was bad times. Yeah. yeah. Bad times at Casino Royale. <laughs> now he just plays that full trailer because that's what he's been getting into. Like. First time of the El Royale? You have You stupid bitch, you filthy slut! Did you fuck with me? He's going to play the full trailer for <laughs> Bad Times at El Royale and Casino Royale. Both Casino Royales. Uh, did I get the movies wrong? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're talking about Stephen Summers' hit, the 1999 The Mummy. You know Stephen Summers. He did Tom and Huck, Oliver Twist, one about the crippled kid, uh, Van Helsing, that has a brunette in it, so we love him. G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. I don't think that's the one with Brendan, is it? So this was yeah. wow. So this is his right best. Now. This is his masterpiece. This is the thing that really. Oh, very much so. Uh, he just said Van Helsing with a brunette. Yeah. So this is his masterpiece. Absolutely. Yeah. Van Helsing. I think I saw that one. That That's was. Fun. That was. Yeah. That was the pretty one. That was pretty cute. Where he he turns into um like a lichen at the end, right? And then he's fighting Dracula or whatever. Am I yes. thinking of the right movie? Okay. Yeah. That, I, I need to watch Van Helsing again before I talk too much shit on it, but it no, was like, it was right after 
Trunks, please. Like the X Men's came out, so I think everyone was real up on the like, oh, you know who's great? Hugh Jackman. So like we were excited for Hugh Jackman doing actiony stuff, and then I don't remember much about it other than that. There was like a cool Frankenstein. I know that much. Wow, this man has not directed anything since 2013. Yeah, well, I mean, when you put out such bangers as what we listed, why would you put out more movies when you have too much money coming your way? I love the he idea. Did, of- he did. He did direct the horror movie Deep Rising, which I haven't seen yet, but I remember like hearing about it when I was a kid. Hmm. I think it's like an ocean liner, like creature feature kind of, of thing. Course. Seems up my alley. He also directed Odd Thomas, which I did hear good things about. That was his oh, last movie. <laughs> well, there you go. Jeff with the banger jokes, everyone. That's right. That's right. Starting them off. You guys start small and you work your way up. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're, just, we're just doing little, little, little things until we uh, decide yeah. to blow the roof off. Yeah. I'm talking about. What's your history? Yeah. Oh, go on, Cisco. Go I'm also doing some stats, you fool. Okay. We that's why I said go on. The relatively I unknown cast. Go off, King. Go off. <laughs> This movie was this relatively unknown cast of John Hanna as Jonathan Carnahan, Arnold Vosloo as Imhotep, Kevin J. O'Connor as Benny Gabor, Rachel Weisu as Evelyn Carhan, and a little old down on his luck, just begging for a chance to become a star, B. Frazier as Rick O'Connell. Direct, uh, distributed by Universal Pictures, came out May 7th, 1997, so... You know, you get to watch this movie two days after uh, Cinco de Mayo. So you get a little, little hangover cure. Little tequila, and, little tequila and mummies. Perfect combo. Perfect runtime of 125 minutes. Budget of $80 million. Made $460.4 million. Woo! That's a lot of dollars. That's a lot of dollars. Uh, it's like the little movie that could. The little movie that could. The mummy. You want a movie that has romance? This is yes. it. Yes. You want a movie that's about history? This is yes. it. You want drama? This is it. A movie about imperialism? This is it. A movie about all-inclusiveness? This is it. Oh, I love a movie about all-inclusiveness. Horror movie? This is it. Anime movie? This spawns some animated sequels, so it's part of an anime trope. A- a- any, genre, any genre you can you know, spit in the air and land on, The Mummy represents any small part of it. Also, Rachel Waisu is a babe. And that is The Mummy. On a dig down in Thebes. Jonathan, I think you found something. There is an ancient legend of a place known as the City of the Dead. We call it the doorway to hell. Where the earliest pharaohs were said to have hidden the wealth of Egypt. Are we going into battle? There's something out there. Something underneath that sand. They came to uncover its secrets. Mummies, my good son. This is where they made the mummies. They sought to unlock its treasure. And then there was light. Oh, boy. What they did... Oh, my God. It does exist. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. ...was unleash a force unlike any the world has ever known. You must not read from the book! You have unleashed the creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. He will regenerate and no longer be the undead. We are in serious trouble. 
swim? If the occasion calls for it. Trust me, it calls for it. Universal Pictures invites you. This power's a growing. Run! This just keeps getting better and better. To experience the adventure. It appears he's already chosen his human sacrifice. That will live forever. If he turns me into a mummy, you're the first one I'm coming after. Go! So the love for for these for these brunettes really started a year ago. It started a while ago, uh, yeah. With Evelyn, you know. Mine was from the AT and T girl, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Evelyn too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, this movie's just this is just a hot cast. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. a very attractive movie. Yeah, Even Benny, attractive. Benny can get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Don't watch this movie horny, okay, is all I'm going to say. Oh, God. It's hard not to. Put it away before you watch this movie. Please. Put it away. It's disgusting. Do whatever you need to do. However you need to do it. Just just get it done before the movie starts. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, what? A major horniness warning. There it goes. Flashing. Horny alert. Ask your questions, Cisco. Yeah, please. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to not like get in the way of of all the goodness you guys want to say. Sometimes I feel like when I listen back. Well, like, Jeff, I'm let's hear what's 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 your opinion on this perfect movie? What is how many times you've seen this movie? And if it's less I, than ten, so I haven't seen this movie in quite a long time. Um, but I will say I was. Which era president was the last time you saw this? Must have been Bush, right? Yeah. Right. I, I saw when it came out, and I don't remember seeing it again. And um, like, I, I remember liking it, but like, it was not like, I don't know. I think when I was that young, I was like, not really like, what's the word? It, I wasn't like, oh, I gotta see this again. You know, like, it was just kind of like, like whatever. It's, it's, it's a good movie, but I'm a child, you know? But seeing it again was pretty great in the sense that like, it held up. Uh, it was, but my God, like the pacing of this movie was breakneck, breakneck pacing. Everything's happening all at once. The moments that are slow are also like things are happening in the way that like, you know, when she's, what's her name? The, 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 the doctor lady, she's, she's in the, um, study. Yeah, and she, and, and, the, and the, she, she's trying to get the book and everything falls over like in dominoes, like. Like, even when it's supposed to kind of be an establishing thing, it's still ridiculous. Um, and I couldn't quite place a, what about it seems so seems so interesting to me. Like, it was like uh, the fact that it felt like an Indiana Jones movie. Like, once yeah. I understood, like, oh, they're just trying to do Indiana Jones again. I was like, that's why it's good. They really just hit these numbers quickly. And uh, yeah, it was it was great. Um was you know and it, and it was Brendan his best it was when he was just this snarky kind of cool mercenary guy who's just you know like his motivations were kind of weird in that like 
oh, well, I guess you saved me from dying, so I have to go and do this. But like, that's good enough. That's good enough of a situation to where I don't have to question like, well, why is he here? Why is he doing this? He just got out of it. Why doesn't he, you know, cut bait and run? But it's like, okay, he's a man of his word. That's good enough. Yeah. Yeah, you really nailed it on that Thank one. Because this movie, it, it just, it fucking hits the ground running. Right, yeah. And it it's doesn't, like it doesn't There's stop. just like a standoff and you have no idea why. And it's like, okay, uh, that, okay. They kind of explain it after a little bit. And it's like, okay, that's enough. They went to go look for it. Then, you right. know, the Magi took him out and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's nice. My ADHD brain was sated by it. So it was, you know, <laughs> I feel like, you know, this was a movie written as a movie. And I don't really want to get to the next movie yet because we haven't discussed this, but that was a book that got turned into a movie. And you can really tell with the conversation and how they discuss non-topics that are kind of related, but not necessarily the same thing to the plot, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, just wonderful, wonderful book, like picks for sure. Yeah, I, I go on, Cisco. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> or was it Trump? It was me. Uh, just I, I want to agree with Jeff because just everything in this movie kind of perfectly serves to to move the movie forward. Yeah. And I feel like this is the kind of thing where it's every time Universal has attempted to bring back the like Universal monsters, uh, you know, since the, the heyday of them has just never quite worked. Was but that what this was? That's what this was. This was them oh, trying to really? reboot like the mummy from the Universal Monsters franchise. Uh, and oh. I think part of why it worked is they kind of have fully dropped the original story. So it's something brand new. And then they've kind of found a way to, I, I really is like the fact that they just made it a, a fucking horror leaning um, Indiana Jones movie. Like that's exactly what the mummy needed. And I feel yeah. like they, they could have taken this franchise in and ran for so much longer than they did. Cause I like, this is still looked back on as a classic. One of the things I find just kind of mind bending is they made a ride of this at Universal Studios, which they haven't changed in, in 20, 30 years. Like it is the exact same or to the point now where like people go on that ride kind of for the nostalgia of the ride and i'm sure there's people that are being introduced to this franchise by going on that ride isn't like, that have, crazy? i haven't heard of this isn't that wild when things like age out of what people know it as like it's like flintstones chewables man children only know them as mascots for like that shit when it was a tv show for like 20 years or whatever yeah. back in the day like at some point it's like huh, why are we still, why hasn't this been like, someone needs to breathe some life into this again. I mean, this movie holds up like really hard. It's a shame that like they haven't done that level of quality for all the other Universal Monster movies. Like which which Universal Monster would you like to see rebooted? Black Lagoon. Yeah, Creature from the Black Lagoon. No, no question. Okay, Um, okay. I, I think part of that also is Creature from the Black Lagoon is the only one that they haven't tried to reboot with. Every time they try to start something new, they either do Dracula, Frankenstein, or Wolfman. And then like, they made a slightly smart move after the you know Dark Universe fell apart. And they tried to do, they did it with uh, Invisible Man. Which is a great like, movie. Which is a great movie. And they should like so keep watch going it. on that. Yeah, watch Invisible Man. Um, but it just kind of, every time they've tried to do something like 
what was it dracula unchained untold, untold. I, I, nobody cared at the wolfman with benicio del toro like i'm i heard good things but like it didn't lead anywhere like nothing kind of leads to a continuation of them being able to put out a universal horror like regular which is kind of the dream for you know those old universal horror heads but i feel like we will also never have quite the same kind of creeping around a castle horror movies like it, it those just don't work anymore yeah, I feel like unfortunately nothing works anymore except Marvel movies as far as like big mm-hmm. like nonsense, you know. Um, and that sucks because like I was just watching. Um, do you guys know Injustice too, or do you know the the, the video game series Injustice? Yeah, so I've been getting my YouTube yeah. recommendations to just show me all the cutscenes, and my God, that is good. It is like a good DC story, and DC can do that stuff great but they just can't do a movie and like sustain a universe with that for some reason so like i don't know i i don't know if it's just that it's so hard to do or if it's just that marvel has now claimed the market and it's like you guys can't do it as good as us so whatever you know um i I mean that's a whole episode worth of a a conversation of why dc has problems but (laughs) i i agree like you look at their their video games and their animated work and even their television work like I think with mm-hmm. those, they they're coming into it being like, oh, we don't want to put our biggest characters on display, or we're doing something so clearly kind of different because nobody cares because it's animated or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. like they're able to start building something perfect, but as soon as they try to put on the big screen, they can't commit to being like, oh, we're going to drop four hundred million into this, and we're going to do something weird. Like they they're trying to be a little too run the line. They're listening to a very weird sect of fans they have online too. Yeah, Zack Snyder, I think, put a bad taste in their mouth. You know, everything had to be dark and gritty and and whatever. And I think Marvel did a really good job of not doing that. You know, Mm -hmm. like they made it fun. And Joe, 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 Joe is shaking his head. No, are you agreeing with me or you think that that I don't like when Zack Snyder is mentioned on this fucking show. I don't I like him. Like he has <laughs> one episode he was allowed to be talked about, and that one's gone. So. What, is, is this a trigger warning? Should I? Should we put a little disclaimer? The Zack Snyder, like a Zack Snyder uh, bumper at the beginning. Just kind of like the horny we warning should. before the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> horny, horny warning. Zack Snyder warning. Um, we're listening to this episode. No, we get very horny and occasionally talk about Zack Snyder. We take that information as well. We get horny for Snyder. That's actually my kink, just talking shit about Zack Snyder. Thank you. Thanks, George A. Romero. This is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, getting back to the mummy, though, like, you know what? One thing I was really impressed by was that the CGI still yeah. held. Yeah. like that beetle scene oh it was still as scary yeah. as when i saw it as a kid that was the that was the scene that stayed in my mind for 20 years was the first time those beetles start crawling and he was like ah you know like it eats mm-hmm. his brain Which there's no like before that is like well okay like I I guess for a moment you see them pour the beetles in and everything but they're like magic beetles I guess 
That's the thing. They're like beetles that live forever. UBB, they turn to gold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you never have you never met a beetle before? I mean, yeah. They're, they're kind of indestructible. I mean, the majority of the beetles are dead. Paul and George, bleach your brain. I will say, for my last two or three viewings of the Mummy, which to be fair, are all within the last year. I've I've watched this movie five times within the last like year and a half. Why? Why? We watched it once together. I because oh. I'm on a podcast about Brendan Fraser and it just Fair keeps enough. happening. <laughs> How many times? But you I will say heads, that, trunks. Oh, like four times. Okay, within That's a year, thing. like it, it, it's heads. a thing. Like the ones that are good, George of the Jungle, same situation. I watched that one a bunch. Um, Looney Tunes back in action for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think we all kind of have our, our one or two Brendan Frasers that we just kind of pop on. Um, but yeah, as, as yeah. Joe mentioned, we actually went and saw this one in theaters. Uh, and they were playing it off a VHS tape. <laughs> and I have to say, watching The Mummy on a big screen off a VHS tape, the effects have never looked better. Like, yeah. something yeah. about no, just, like, the general the film quality. quality. <laughs> I, exactly. It's like, when the picture quality is bad, like, the effects look so good. It's like, no wonder in the 90s, when we watched these things for the first time, like, we didn't notice the problems with these effects. Because, like, mm-hmm. our TVs were terrible yeah, compared yeah. to now. Totally. You so know, it's like, it's, I, I do see it with this. And then even with Jurassic Park, I'm finally starting to be able to see see the effects kind of looking crappy. But yeah, it's yeah. really impressive how well some of these movies have held up. Yeah, Jurassic Park also had really good CGI. And I don't know why there's some movies that don't hold up. Like, the first Harry Potter movie looks like dog shit. Titanic, the like wide shots that are CG, dog shit. But like, I don't know why these just worked. And it, it it's strange because it's not like they're far off. You can't quite tell what it is. It's like, you see the Velociraptor's face right here. You see the mummies like weird fucking shoot out nonsense. I don't know how some people got it and some didn't, but it really does help it stay fresh 20 years later. I, I think it's because there's you know, that certain little section of movies, uh, both of these falling into it, where they, at the time, knew the capabilities, like, knew the full extent of what they can do, and while they put, like, industry-wise, I think they pushed very far, they pushed very far to do generally small things, like, (laughs) they, uh, god damn it, Jeff, I can't look at you. For the listener at home, Jeff has put a filter of Shrek on his face, and it is horrifying. Yeah, this is a, (laughs) quit fucking around. This is a movie discussion podcast. We have things to do. Be serious. We have to talk Brendan Page dip one more week. Yes, we do. Uh, um, For the good job of knowing what is the bare minimum of special effects they needed to do, Mm -hmm. then they dumped the budget that you would see on really heavy effects movies into small effects. So it's like, yeah. these things look amazing because they spent vast amount of money to do very small things. Yeah. And then around that, Beatles. there's always just great practical effects. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, the budget on this, the budget for the special effects was just 15 million alone. So that was like, oh. out, of eight, out of $80 million, it put $15 million. And the company they got was ILM, industrial lights and magic which is you know part of george lucas and all that stuff and they've done yeah. a ton of things too they've done they also jurassic, jurassic parks park. yeah they yep. did jurassic parks back to the future star trek 
Who Framed Roger Rabbit. ILM has touched like every major blockbuster in the past 40 years, for sure. Cisco, have they done, did they do Artificial Intelligence starring Haley Joe Osmond and Jude Law? HAO? No, it doesn't look like it. ILM definitely. Is it? ILM definitely did, yeah. Hmm. Speaking of movies. That's Spielberg, too. It's the 25 year anniversary of this Kevin Smith movie. Then when no one chasing Amy, chasing Amy, yeah, right? Chasing Amy. Do you know how? Do you know the budget that it that it cost to make that movie? It was like twenty million, million, right? What was that? Was it twenty million? To make the movie, not oh no no, I, it was oh, like two million two. or something. It's it's like nothing. One million. I remember. Hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. Twenty thousand. No, I mean 50,000. Oh. $285,000 it grossed 12 million dollars in the box office. Oh, I cuz I remember uh oh no, I'm thinking of Mall Rats. Um but there's an interview with Kevin Smith out there where he talks where it's talking about him talking with uh, Scott Mosier, his like go-to producer back in the day about um the budget he like secured with Warner Brothers or whoever for I think it was Mall Rats, maybe it was Chasing Amy. And he was like, oh, how much did you get? And he's like, you know, 20,000, 200,000, whatever it was. And thinking like that's tw- 200 times what we had on clerks. And he's like, all right, well, it's going to cost about this much and we have to hire this many people and blah, blah, blah. And so his job is the tough job, particularly on Chasing Amy. His head almost fucking exploded because we were trying to make that movie for 200 grand, 250 grand, actually. And um, initially we wanted to do it for three million. Um, we had done chasing. Uh, we'd done mall rats for six million. First one was twenty-eight grand. Second one, mall rats was six million. So we were like, well, we'll drop down and go to a sensible budget. Sensible budget would have been three million at that point. But we pitched the uh, the movie to Miramax. Well, of they were just outside. The <laughs> and the, the producer just being like, oh fuck, we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's wild though, because like we're saying, twelve million for just CGI. This guy made you know. Arguably, his highest like rated movie on less than three hundred thousand dollars. That's so yeah. ridiculous. I it's insane to think the the just vast like budget gap between movies. No kidding. Uh, especially, I mean, nowadays too, where we have movies costing half half a billion dollars. Yeah. To make uh, just because they know it's going to make a billion dollars, like. Yeah. Well, getting Robert Downey Jr. to do anything. Robert Downey doesn't get out of bed for at least $20 million, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Neither I mean, do I, but I just don't get out of bed much. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're bedridden. You're on the bed right now. <laughs> I am on the bed right now. Uh, is he Grandpa Joe? He's got, that, he's, got that, yeah, he's, he's got that bad lower back rash. He's, he's, he's that Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's oh, right. yeah. That's right. Feet next to my head from my other grandparent, fellow grandparents. two other old people just every night. Fuck Grandpa Joe. Okay, um, add the horny warning hashtag fuck grandpa that joe yeah <laughs> uh is there anything else we we need to touch on with with the mummy anything you guys saw in this viewing that you hadn't caught on to before just kind of like what you said earlier i want to know what the fuck was in the water in like 1998 when they were writing this and getting it like because every single aspect, like the adventure, the action, even like the little bit of the comedy that are in there, the horror elements, like everything works in this movie. Every <laughs> single thing. I, you know, the, literally, the British literally scholars no, I, that I'm I looking have, into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have <laughs> zero edits for this movie. Zero. I have one. 
the What's amount of bullets this guy shoots from his six shooter in in the scene on the boat where he's like like once the boat's on fire and the and the, the magi come in and he's constantly shooting. shooting. Sorry, didn't mean to scare you. The only thing that scares me, Mr. O'Connell, your manners. Still angry about that kiss, huh? Oh, if you call that a kiss. Um, did I miss something? Are we, are we going into battle? Lady, there's something out there. Something underneath that sand. Yes, well, I'm hoping to find a certain artifact. A book, actually. My brother thinks there's treasure. Well, what do you think's out there? In word? Evil. The Bedouin and the Tuaregs believe that Hamanoptera is cursed. Oh, look, I don't believe in, in fairy tales and hokum, Mr. O'Connell, but I, I do believe that one of the most famous books in history is buried out there, the Book of Amun-Ra. It contains within it all the secret incantations of the Old Kingdom. It's what first interested me in Egypt when I was a child. It it's why I came here, sort of a, a life's pursuit. And the fact that they say that it's made out of pure gold makes no never mind to you, right? You know your history. I know my treasure. Um, by the way, why did you kiss me? <laughs> no, I was about to be hanged. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Oh. What? 20 <laughs> bullets. And he does, like, reload at a point, but it's like, there. that was more than 12 shots, dude. There's, ab like, you're, you have, like, I, a semi-automatic rifle, but it's two guns, like, two two pistols. That's the kind of thing where it's, like, I, I get yeah, it. No, like, no, if we're no, going to get real gripey, like, if we're going to get on yeah. the, what's his name? Um, who's the science guy that's, like, the Bill. big name? No, not Bill. Um, who did oh, Cosmos? The modern Cosmos, not Neil, the old Cosmos. Neil deGrasse Tyson. It's like, we can get on his level of being, like, actually, if you look at the stars in this scene, they're they're wrong for what season this is supposed yeah. to be. Yeah, like, true. you can get on that level of bullshit if you want. You can get onto the level of, like, oh, there's too many bullets coming out of that gun, but yeah. yeah, I don't give a fuck. There's a, there's a guy in his underwear that has cancer and asthma and somehow can stay quiet for a half a day without anyone hearing him shit his pants. We can what, all suspend our disbelief. What was the name of the woman? Imhotet's lady? Oh. Naksun Amun. Oh, yeah. I wanted more of her. I wanted more of her un-CGI. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's like, why I have the movie for you. Yeah, Mummy 2, right? Yeah. She's, she's yeah. much more prominent. Yeah, Joe's now. talking about malignant. Yeah, oh. she was like okay, it was definitely talking about malignant. The first here, here's here, the one bad thing I got about say James Wan, blatant ripoff of a mummy scene that he put in malignant. Well, well, well. Let me guess. Spring clean. Okay. Nice shot. Oh, baby. you fall down here. Let me help you. I mean, is it a ripoff or is it an homage? No, it's not. Is he showing his roots to what is true that we should all love the mummy? No, no. Gabriel lacked the passion that Brendan had when he chucked that chair at Benny. Is it is it the same director? No. No, no not the oh, same director. I was gonna say it could be like a motif of the director where like if James Wan wishes he wake up and directed this movie. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna engage in this with Cisco because nothing that Gabriel does in Malignant is considered lazy. Not one fucking thing. Uh, that chair th the chair throw that Brendan threw, the velocity, the tenacity, 
the audacity, the way it flew, even the amount of the wood it was made from was just perfect. Well, because Brendan Fraser's like a large fucking man. Gabriel's a parasitic twin. He's literally (laughs) crawling out of the back of a skull and doing everything backwards. So by that, it's like doing the reverse of Brandon. So honestly, probably even more powerful than him. I would like to do a Gabriel versus Brandon episode. You know who's going to win that? Gabriel, 100%. No, Rick fucking O'Connell. Yeah, Rick will murder him. Rick O'Connell, man. Just a, just a real, he does, just a real he can't man's lose. man. He can't lose. Not to, not to get into Rick, the Rick O'Connell show. is the guy you see in Home Depot, and you're like, this guy knows what he's fucking doing. Yeah. <laughs> he's the guy who's like looking at two different screws, and he's not like, what's the difference? He's actually like admiring the craftsmanship. 100%. He's not spending more than five minutes at Home Depot and he's buying over $1,000 worth of items. He's that bitch. You know what I mean? Like he just knows the fuck he's doing. He's the guy at Sports Basement like buying multiple snowboards. Doesn't even snowboard. (laughs) He just needs multiple snowboards. Uh, I was at Sports Basement the other day and a guy was buying multiple snowboards. I was very confused. Good for him. You know, it's going to be a very dry season because there's no snow. Anyways enough planet talk any other final thoughts on mummy i love this movie this movie saved me from being a a basement dweller and turned me into a garage dweller so you know not at the bottom of the totem pole baby yeah that's that's all we that's honestly all we try to strive for with this is not pimp the bottom yeah like if we're if we're close to the bottom that's fine lower mid is fine but just not the bottom we shoot for mediocre here. Yeah, baby. We shoot for mediocre. Shoot for mediocre else... and land among the shitty. You know? <laughs> we shoot for like enough, not even good enough, just enough. Yeah, yeah. This shows this shows incredibly mediocre, and I'm proud of it. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mediocre pride. Hashtag mediocre pride. We're slightly above average, I would say. Well, as everyone knows, I'd say March we're, is I'd, mediocre I'd pride. Say a little bit below average. If I may, if we wanted to yeah. up the, the audio quality, if you guys looked into Zencaster, it actually records audio individually on your computers and then it sends you each one and you just put them on top of each other and then it all sounds really clean. Okay. Sounds like Jeff, a it, for me. It asks like it sounds like you're asking us to try. I'm just saying I'm offering you up a, a, a flower of wisdom, my dear boy. Uh, you know what, just for that. Just for that. the guy. It's just the guy who sounds the worst is giving us Just for that. Cisco sounds like shit. Is telling us Cisco, fucking cut in the it cut in the cartoon uh, trailer again. Put Ferngoli in right now. Ferngoli too. No, 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 no. The Chucky Dang. gets great. All your favorite characters from the original Ferngully are back in Ferngully Two: The Magical Rescue. Join Krista, Pips. The Beetle Boys. Fern Gully 2, The Magical Rescue. (laughs) Coming to video in March. I'm out of here. I'm a ghost. I'm history. I'm a hologram. You can't see me. Bye-bye now. That's been a reoccurring. That that Fern Gully 2 trailer, Jeff, that was a great clip. (laughs) You know something? It's almost as good as Fern Gully 3. I don't think there's a Fern Gully 3, unfortunately. There isn't a Fern Gully 3. There is... Uh, troll in the Central Park. Uh, okay, ruin the bit. Just go cut all of this. Okay. 
So I would say that uh, my question is, so this feels like a continuation of Indiana Jones, the same like feeling, adventure ancient nonsense. Mm -hmm. Is there any other continuation of this after The Mummy? Like, uh, I think Uncharted is kind of that, but I feel like it's almost unfair because it's based on a video game. Is there another um, equivalent movie can, that's more recent? I mean, most recently- Like adventure franchise? Yeah. yeah national treasure baby mm -hmm. national, national treasure, treasure okay. does a really yeah. good job of national it a heist movie, isn't it kind of but it the way it leans into history i think really kind of gives you that same like part of what makes indiana jones and the mummy great is there's scenes in between where they're just kind of talking bullshit about history that gets you excited for them to be like oh yeah like i yeah. totally agree that there's mummies that are going to kill us because some book said so i suppose so i well i feel like though though and this is this is the difference between the conversations in Mummy and conversations in fucking Jurassic Park. The Mummy is all like stuff that could not be true. Like I don't fucking know if there is a city of the dead and a city of the living, and I don't know if there's a book that has all the nonsense lot. You know what I mean? Like that could just be plot device. Chaos theory. I'd say it's pretty real because there's a, yeah. there's, there's there's a city there's... of the dead in San Diego called Santee. <laughs> so that's where they actually were. Turns it's out called... famously. <laughs> Famously, Brendan Fraser was in San Diego. For Clancy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm, not, I'm no, you know, mummyologist, but they, they did hit on some points that I remember back in middle school and elementary when they talk about like Anubis and Horus, you know, those actual mm -hmm. gods. Yeah, yeah, they, I mean, I don't know. It felt like, like, the 12th plague, you're the 13th plague to, to the lady, you know, because she fucked up the whole library. I, I think that's more of a Bible thing, the plague thing. Right, no, I know. I'm just I think they saying that, like, up, like yeah. the references there feel very elementary. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I mean, I, I'll have some corrections on accuracies in Jurassic Park, but I think, yeah, the mummy, for more or less, I think they just probably picked out words, like, you know, the city of the dead, which might yeah. be a real thing, but maybe they didn't, like, do the like the right they were doing mad libs with the script they're doing mad libs like, like oh yeah city from egypt need like, a god from egypt like someone yeah. well they did that in Jurassic park too like costa rica you know montana <laughs> like those are all those are all like not real places all fairy tale places <laughs> man yeah um, yeah yeah i i think there's a very specific like era of um I want to say like 30, like 20s through 40s, like radio serials that was kind of focused on these like uh, jungle adventures where a mm -hmm. lot of this kind of concept comes from. So like at that time, that was considered a very like modern, realistic thing um, because, you know, there were people that were still out exploring the Amazon for the first time. There were people like discovering uh, pyramids lost in the desert. So I, that's really where this grows from. But I think now we kind of look back at this as kind of historical fantasy, like leaning into mythology and leaning into um, uh, kind of the like wanderlust that I feel like people felt in very early human civilization, not early human civilization, like early modern human what, civilization. What other civilization would you want them to go plunder? A white person specifically? uh <laughs> I, that's the big as much as i love um, these types of movies that is where it gets uncomfortable is when you start thinking about be like yeah you know indiana jones classic line of it belongs in a museum be like no it doesn't it belongs with its native culture right like, it belongs where it so, has so been. name the white person you want to plunder uh, a culture and then uh name which culture you want to 
I already had it done with Hey Arnold and the Blue Eyed People <laughs> when they went to to South America. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I'd say um, they haven't done any like Eskimo stuff. Do something like in Inuits? in the cold. Yeah, I, there is some out the there. Thing? If Maybe you the thing look for it. Well, no, but the thing is a... like a horror movie. I'm talking about an adventure. Like we're gonna go the the city of the Inuits, and there's an underground city of ice. <laughs> <and> shit. <laughs> like, I, okay, well that's something that where. Idea, um, Joe. That's something where like yeah. Disney's oh, Atlantis kind of comes in, where it's like, oh yeah, Treasure Planet. Same, that was yeah, that was a good oh, movie Treasure too. Planet's fun too. Good, but, like same kind of concept movie. of these, but they're you know the white people are going to pillage the fully fictional like island of Atlantis underground. Mm-hmm. What okay, so uh, would have to be a we just, we just need more pillaging movies. Yeah, we need more pillaging. I, you know, a little bit of pillaging is fun. Like, that's what makes, like, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies fun. And, like, there's the the level of, like, adventure that comes from, I feel like, knowing you are outside of the law, but it we're allowed to enjoy it because we know these characters have the right purpose in mind. Or I Well, there's question. also... Oh, go for it. Go on. Okay, well, I'm just going to say they, they really nailed the authenticity of Pirates of the Caribbean by having an actual rapist star as the lead, so. Yeah, but do they ever actually pillage as the main characters who are pirates? I don't think they ever actually rape You don't them. see them on screen the whole time. You don't know what they're doing at night when they go they to bed. Not, I guess I mean, that opening sequence when uh, they first hit, in the first movie, when they first hit the, the city that uh, Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom are in, like there's definitely pillaging going on in that. Was, was that there, what happened? I don't remember. I've seen that movie forever, but I mean, I they're think, specifically looking for her because she's got the medallion. They like. I think it's more of a. Medallion. I think it's but more they, of a whalers on the moon situation. Yeah, they have to do a, a job, but there's no whales to pillage. Yeah, they carry a harpoon, but there aren't yeah. whales. These things called whales. Yeah. No one knows where, when, or how man first landed on the moon. I do. But our fungineers think it might have happened something like this. We're whales on the moon. We carry a harpoon. But there ain't no whales, so we tell tall tales and sing a whaling tune. We're whales. That's not how it happened. Oh, really? I don't see you with a fungineering degree. That would be good. I think pirate culture would be a good one to go back to on a non- That was pretty cool. Level. It was pretty good, and they were all white, so it's fine to kill them. And, uh, you know, it's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I would well, like, uh, yeah, with that being said, haven't talked about the mummy in like 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> what else can we say about Brendan's like physical features besides this is peak human oh, form? This is peak yeah. Brendan. Well, he's not cartoonish like uh, Dudley Do-Right. He's not like tanking <laughs> like a fucking blast from a fucking tank. But like, he's, he's getting shit done. He's fighting an immortal god, right? Like, you know. He's got endless ammo. Endless. That is his best. You can't even you can't even break his neck. Yeah, he's got a thick I, neck. Yeah, he is a true specimen of a human being. In this. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I feel like up. he has the ability to fight things that are should easily outclass him. We see him fighting like you know zombie monsters and weird pharaoh creatures and all kinds of things, which I feel like that pretty easily translates to like fighting off a raptor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my question would be, are we getting into the actual, like, would he win thing? 
Not yet, not yet. Joe's got to yeah. do his. Let's, his so let's jump into Jurassic Park so we can get there because I that is the conversation I want to have. Yeah, more than we're going from other right. white people invading to another movie about white people invading. Mm-hmm. I, we're going from so like we're... white people stealing from indigenous cultures to corporate white people stealing from Mother Earth and broken yeah. people. Well, speaking of indigenous cultures, we're talking about the 1993 iconic, memorable Steven Spielberg directed film Schindler's List. Oh, yeah. Damn Number it. one on the list Jews. Number two. <laughs> no, no. Gypsies Number two. The gay. place is Schindler. Oh, Schindler. Oh, oh. <laughs> Got to take care of number one. Yeah. Number one was a big list. Um, no, the fact that he had Schindler's List and Jurassic Park back to back in the same year, uh, wild. That is mind bending. I, I feel like whenever someone tries to like talk shit on Spielberg and say like he just makes populist like big like blockbuster films you you have to point out being like yes he does those and like people know he makes oscar shit too but it's like he does them back to back he he, i think he's one of those people that's it's very like uh one for them one for me yeah like that was always a matt damon's process like do the one that makes money so they'll let you do the one you want it to right yeah the james wan situation who the 100%. fuck is talking shit about Spielberg though? Like, come on. Uh, come on. Anti-Semites. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's but that's right. not that's not because of his directing. Yeah, I mean, if you want, <laughs> even they are gonna be like, like, yeah, like, but like, a good catalog. Yeah, don't get me great. wrong, but you know, <laughs> my hands are tied. I can't break bread with them. Um, <laughs> listen, Steven supporters. Spielberg, man, this this guy knows how to draw a cast. You know, Jurassic Park, big movie about dinosaurs. Jurassic Park. The first movie that I can remember seeing in theaters is this film. Oh, wow. At the Harbor Drive-In in San Diego. I remember oh. it. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. But, you know, this, this fucking cast of Jurassic Park is absolutely unreal. We got Bob Peck. We got Martin Ferreira. We got B.D. Wong. We got Joseph Mozzarella. We got Ariana Richards and Wayne Knight as my Joseph boy. Joseph Mozzarella? <laughs> yeah, directed name by Steven this? Spielberg. Yeah, Tim. We're wait. We're yeah, skipping over the fact that somebody's last name is Mozzarella. Yeah, Joey. Well, Mozzarella. I'm reading it now, and it's and it's and it's Mozzello, But I mean, oh, <laughs> I got right add, add, add literally two more letters in there, and it's mozzarella. Steve Gouda. Yeah. We got Gary Gouda. Yeah. <laughs> Even Gary, they're brothers. The Gouda brothers, yeah. as they're Gary and Steve Gouda for sure. Samuel and Jack. This film also starring Samuel Jackies as Volunteer Boy. Can you name some people that the majority of the audience will recognize now? Although, if you didn't yes. recognize B.D. Wong, you're you're a bad person. You don't know who the fuck <laughs> Wayne Knight is? Put some respect on that man's right. name. Okay, Wayne Knight okay. is That man is wonderful. I, but there are five actors in this. Wayne Knight, the star of fucking are... Space Jam? Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. He's, he's in everything. He was in Seinfeld and The Rock and the Sun. Fuck, dude. He had a run in the 90s and 2000s. No, but the, but the top three builds here, Sam Neill is Dr. Alan Grant, Laura Dern is Ellie, and then Jeff Goldblum as a fucking <laughs> monster. <laughs> this, is, this is like... Since you to understand like comedy, um, would you say this is when like Jeff Goldblum kind of started being like his like silly kind of like weird stuff like i'm sure he was always weird 
but like I feel like this is like Jeff Goldblum, like his personality now, like coming out for the first time, like in in movies. I'd have to see a timeline because this. I mean, if you land this, that means you're already pretty big in Hollywood, right? I never saw The Fly. I never saw a lot of his earlier work, so I don't know if he was really trying to be an actor. Like Ooh, we should on the Fly of... episode. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I will say in in The Fly, his he's doing a lot of his Jeff Goldblum. Bloominess. I think that's just what directors like is that he was a fucking weirdo. Maybe yeah. maybe it's not him necessarily changing. It's just him able to do it and like they're not going to say cut. The weird thing is they kept that laugh in the fucking cut. They could have said like, this is a stupid fucking way to laugh at a thing. No, keep it in and let it be the biggest meme from this fucking movie. Except for the nobody cares Wayne Knight one. He's a fucking treasure. So you two um, dig up, dig up dinosaurs? <laughs> Oh. Try to. <laughs> You'll have to get used to Dr. Malcolm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. He was uh, the Brave Little Toaster in, uh, or he was Mike Grave in the Brave Little Toaster. Way Knight? Way Knight was? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So you met Jeff Goldblum like yeah. any time watch. <laughs> oh, and he was, <laughs> and he was in Scooby Doo and the Goblin King. Damn, Wayne Knight, you got a resume. Uh, Wayne Knight. Well, here, let, let me let me get some let me get some stats in here for Jurassic Park. So we haven't talked about this one on the um, on the podcast yet. So released on June eleventh, nineteen ninety three, had a budget estimated of sixty three million. Uh, opening weekend made forty seven mil, gross from us and canada at the end of the box office run was 404 million dollars and its current gross worldwide is over 1 billion um and that's just this movie alone not including the several sequels that have followed yeah i and that's not all uh weighted for inflation either i'm pretty sure it's not yeah because this movie was just fucking massive because the book written by michael Crichton was already pretty big yeah yeah i one thing i will then, say go on uh, well one thing i will say so this is based off a book by michael creighton michael creighton directed a few movies as well and uh, one of his biggest movies that he directed is the original westworld which is the exact same fucking plot as jurassic park it's just robots instead of dinosaurs okay well hear me out dinosaurs were around before robots yeah, but these are robots of things from the past. So there could have been a Westworld area with dinosaur robots, much like <laughs> Tammy and the T Rex. That sounds like Dinotopia. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like we're bad at the dinosaur story. Hey, I love that movie. It sounds like <laughs> actually that was pretty that was a pretty futuristic dinosaur movie because it had fucking mm-hmm. spaceships and shit. Oh shit, it did. Yeah, like the weird little scientist was going around like Collecting children and dinosaurs and saving them from circuses or something. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the plot yeah. of the movie, but but it was airtight. I, I, I need to go back and watch We're Back, but yeah, we're back. Yeah. Dope. This movie was ready to for yes, intense sequences of yeah. science fiction terror. And it currently has a 92% fresh from the critics and 91% audience score. To Jurassic Park. We've made living biological attractions so astounding 
that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time. How'd you do this? Becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I touch it? Sure. Universal Pictures presents. You feel that? Hold on to your butts. A Steven Spielberg film. Senses are failing all over the park. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. An adventure. Look out! Down! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. I don't know. I don't think I've ever talked to anyone who doesn't like this movie. Yeah. I, I've talked I've... to a couple people who haven't seen it. Yeah, how, I don't know how you could not like it. It's so fun. It's just, and it's not stupid. It's it's actually very intelligently done. Like it, like they do answer a lot of questions that, and this is kind of the difference I think between the two movies. It's like they're really getting into the nitty gritty of like how this stuff happened, whether or not it's true, right? Because we can say that maybe they're doing the same thing like you said, Joe. But like, then they also talk about chaos theory and the reason why this is a problem. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's less just mm -hmm. like. Like, oh, they're gonna get out. It's like, no, they're, right. they, they will get out and then it's gonna be a huge thing and it doesn't matter, you're just right. playing God. You know, there's there's a, right. a deeper moral impact than just, you know, uh-oh, we opened up a mummy. What are we <laughs> which, gonna do? Right. Which you know? to be fair- Yeah, the mummy's out, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm still a different comedian, but to be fair, the size of the gates that they had always, you know, seemed like they intended for the dinosaurs to get out. Cause those gates are like, 80 feet tall i mean those gates are clearly for show they're yeah, those gates are for show. they are selling the like you are on king kong's island this is a theme park because they're big gates but they don't wrap around past that like you're going through this like that's a set piece that's yeah. like i'm sure if a dinosaur came and hit that it would fall over it's, yeah. it's not going to be constructed to be like so it sounds like john protected. hammond did spare some expenses I, I I love his reoccurring thing of saying they spared no expenses because it, it just really pushes that like this is some corporate bullshit that everything we're seeing is one man's dream of like I own an island off the coast of Costa Rica. I've leased it from the government and I've spent the last five years setting up a kind of biological preserve. Really spectacular. Spared no expense. Spared no expense. Spared no 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 expense. Like what he thinks the world should literally playing God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's like there's no way to like look at that and just be like, you're making Disneyland with live dinosaurs. Like, you can't think that's going to work. Like, you can't think that's going to be safe. There's like nothing right. about that that should exist in the real world. Mm -hmm. Like, even now, you like look at the things we we have for like zoos. I and it's I don't know where I was going with this. Cisco, cut all that. That was stupid. <laughs> no, that's fine. That was cute. That was cute. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. Uh, no, I'm, with some, I'm with some though. I mean, the movie even just starts off with like, you know, how much money plays a factor into this because when my boy John Hammond comes in and breaks in the trailer and steals her champagne, which first of all, I'd still be mad even if I found out that was the guy who's funding my whole trip. I'd be like, why are you, why are you touching my booze? Uh, but, <laughs> but then like, yeah, he, he's like, he's like, quit what you're doing. Come to this island that you don't know nothing about and i'm gonna fund your you know 
research for the next three years. And at first they're like, yeah. But once he said that, they're like, you know what? Wu-Tang Clan was right. Sorry, Trunks. I have to. It controls everything around me. I get it. (laughs) But it's already like that whole thought process still shows how how like corporate bullshit this is they're trying to bring in experts to like sign off on like yeah your your theme park's fine and safe (laughs) and the way they do it is he goes and finds two people he's already paying and says i will pay for you for three more years like he he's buying their review like that shouldn't Mm -hmm. it like i feel like an insurance company would just accept it because they're also corporate and greedy but it's it's like in the real world, even their sign-off shouldn't mean anything. Yeah. Like, right. it is not an independent like thing. Like, there's n- no way short of dinosaurs attacking, like we see, that they would have said no. This isn't something we can sign off of. Mm-hmm. It's funny too because yeah. they have that one scene where they're kind of discussing it, and everybody that he wants that he brought in to sign off is already. A- has just immediately turned against him. The only person that has his back is the actual one person that actually matters, and that's uh, yeah. the lawyer. The money he's, guy. Yeah. He's, he's like, the only one that's on my side is this, that blood-sucking leech over there. It's like, great. At that point, just be like, everyone go home. I got what I wanted. Yeah. I, like, it really does feel like he should have just flown the lawyer and maybe some of the insurance people to the island, because they would have all looked at it, seen the money. Like, they... I feel like you bring the insurance people and they would have just been like, oh, it doesn't matter if this is safe. It's going to be so fucking successful. Yeah, they would have like, they would have seen one one dinosaur and been like, yeah. That's what, that's what my boy uh, lawyer has in the beginning when he sees uh, Brachiosaurus. He's like, we're going to make so much money. I When they're sitting at the table and he's like, we can charge anything we want. $10,000 a day, $100,000 a day and people will pay it no matter what. I love that like, John Hammond pulls the like kind of classic Walt Disney like phrase. And he's like, no, 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 it's it's meant for everybody. We're not going to price anybody out. And the the corporate like lawyer guys right away just be like, yeah, whatever. We'll have coupon days. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's no way this insane technological marvel of a park. Like, it's like if Jeff Bezos was out here trying to be like, no, 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 my little space travel program is going to be available to anybody. Like, no, because you have to for fly the to this fucking island. Yeah, like. It, there, there's a lot of costs. I was trying to cost it out when I was watching this movie yesterday for just like a regular like four day, three night family vacation, like say like ballpark like four, you know. You got the two parents, got the little kids. What are we thinking charging bare minimum Jurassic Park entry? And maybe maybe 5k. I'd say lowest the, price point maybe 5k. In the 90s, I feel like park tickets would maybe be in the $30 a day range just for the tickets to go into the park but on top of that you are going to be paying for food at a high markup you're going to be paying like you definitely have to pay for a flight to Costa Rica I do feel like they would have a system set up where you fly to Costa Rica and there's a shuttle service to get you to the boat to get you to the island they're not flying everybody on the island for sure this is the worst okay, Trunks, we're not talking about a Six Flags here, okay? We're talking about a, and I'm going to quote you, a technological marvel. We are. <clears throat> Where they brought fucking literal dinosaurs back to life. And I love how they explain, or how they try to introduce that, oh no, we're only breeding female eggs, female embryos. There's going to be no mating. But then fucking 
You get the speech. Dr. From, Malcolm calls it. Yeah. And they use the frog DNA. Which in the book, too, they actually, they, DNA. they actually do use uh, lizard and uh, bird DNA in the book, but frog DNA is like to uh, plays as a plot device because it obviously there's frogs that turn into females or males. Mm-hmm. There's none around to produce. Listen, baby, I don't read, okay? I didn't read the book. I know yeah, you book learns for nerds. I read the book. Like, <laughs> well, we stand by what episode. we said. <laughs> yeah, Jeff isn't um, changing his stance. One thing I will say is I, I do feel like of the entire franchise, this is the pinnacle of, like, the easily the best point of this franchise. But I do really appreciate in the, the Jurassic World half of this that they do kind of acknowledge that what they are making is not what these dinosaurs really were. Like they really kind of actually lean into the fact of like, like we put in all this random DNA to make mm-hmm. them look how we think they're supposed to look, act the way we think they're going to act. And that leads us to like, since we can create anything, why are we not creating things fully from scratch? So I, well, I keep even, seeing yeah. there are large logical explanations explanations for where things are going i think um well i think it's great that uh because malcolm also answers that too when uh hammond's like well you know he's like look take it to condor they're about to be extinct we can bring them back and he's like well that's because of human intervention was like deforestation all that stuff and he's like dinosaurs were naturally selected to to be extinct they had their time john inherent uh, in what you're doing here genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen but you wield it like a, a kid that's found his dad's gun it's hardly appropriate to start hurling generalizations that, if, if i may um i'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're that you're using here uh it didn't require any discipline to attain it you know you read what others had done and you and you took the next step you didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves so you don't take any responsibility for it you stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You want to sell it. Well, I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Condors. Condors are on the verge of extinction. If oh, I wish to, could not know, if I was to create a flock of condors on this island, you wouldn't have anything to say. No, hold on. This isn't this is some species that was obliterated by deforestation or, or the building of a dam. Dinosaurs uh, uh, had their shot and nature selected them for extinction. Yeah. And then that whole that whole like nature versus nurture debate as well. Of yeah. like how would they even interact, like kind of like you know I love to bring up the good dinosaur Great on movie. this podcast. Like Maybe they, they Pixar's try to, best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they try to introduce the whole plot of that as like, what if humans and dinosaurs coexisted at the same time? Um, and I feel like they kind of like titter around with that a little bit here, but just not to the magnitudes is what they did with that, you know, technological marvel that is the good dinosaur. Yeah, thoughts. Shit, one more point. point I My thoughts. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I have a question for the group. If you had the ability to clone a fucking dinosaur and make a dinosaur fucking park, would you do it? Yes. Absolutely. No. I know. God doesn't exist. I am God. Yeah. Um, money comes first. 
You think I'm gonna be on that right. island like those stupid fucks? I'm gonna be making money on my little uh, private home in San Diego, watching people get eaten. That's right. That's right. And then you really make that that San Diego wild animal park into like a fuck. And honestly, nowadays no one wants realistic tall dinosaurs. Uh, no one wants them actually looking how they look because as we found as history went on, dinos- the way we thought dinosaurs look is wrong. They are actually in, in the avian category. There's also non-avian dinosaurs. Uh, but if I was to create a park, I'd make them all small and chibi. That's what people want. They want oh, cute, I, cute little chubby things. I, I mean, in, again, like pointing out what they do in, like in imagine the later a little, movies. A little chode tyrannosaurus. You know, well, because like in fucking um, Jurassic World, the, the first of the, the new series, there's a mm-hmm. shot where they show the like kids like petting like a you know petazoo zoo area, and there's like a little girl riding like a baby Tyrannosaurus, which is tiny yeah. and cute and adorable. Yeah, but it's like you know that thing isn't actually a tiny baby one. Yeah, it's yeah. they've manufactured a tiny cute one you can ride. So I would do hard. I'd be play even more more god and just make chubby yeah. little dinosaurs extremely overweight yeah yeah like the pug yeah exactly like the pug i like I'm give me a fucking corgi pugs. like yeah. stegosaurus that's what i want <laughs> one thing i will say tops with sleep apnea you know <laughs> i think that they had one in this movie did they not yeah that's gonna be yeah that's gonna be like your well they can't reproduce and they also have sleep apnea so they're just yeah. they're not gonna be able to do much they're gonna be yeah. tired every day or yeah. what's a what was that Simpsons line where uh, they were where they release uh, the lizards to eat? What did they release eat, eat the lizards? <laughs> and then on invasive species, and then it just yeah it keeps getting crazy. yeah, and it gets to the gorillas, and they're like, "That's the beautiful thing: the gorillas can't handle winter." That's why we just with dinosaurs and make them so they can't <laughs> handle the cold, and they just die off. I was wrong. Um, the lizards are a godsend. But isn't that a bit short-sighted? What happens when we're overrun by lizards? No problem. We simply unleash wave after wave of Chinese needle snakes. They'll wipe out the lizards. But aren't the snakes even worse? Yes, but we're prepared for that. We've lined up a fabulous type of gorilla that thrives on snake meat. But then we're stuck with gorillas! No, that's the beautiful part. When wintertime rolls around, the gorillas simply freeze to death. The one thing I will say is... I, I Actually, like, recently, we I know I've read a little just seen articles mentioning more and more just new things we're learning about like dinosaurs and how much more bird they were so i was really shocked to like remember in watching the early scenes of this and a couple times throughout they they bring it up like i feel like every time i go back and watch a sci-fi movie older they're mentioning things that i keep hearing recently being more and more proved or like becoming bigger and bigger technology points and it, it just blows my mind. It's like, how have I heard of this years ago? And it's just now kind of like connecting to my life. And the crazy thing too, like we're watching it. I didn't realize that they actually brought back like the flora and fauna, like not just the fauna, the flora as well. Like when she uh, had the plant and she's like, this shouldn't be here. And then she was also saying like, there's uh, poisonous plants in the the actual building. I don't know why I never picked it up until this viewing, but as Actually, kind of like that small detail that like they were actually not just bringing back uh, dinosaurs from mosquito butts, but also plants from mosquito butts. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if they came from mosquito butts, but they came from somewhere. Stop talking I, about mosquito butts. That's what we're here to talk about, baby. Mosquito butts. Let me take a couple uh-huh. minutes to uh, make the debate that this is a horror movie. 
I'm, I, I agree with it. I know you can tell me on that. You don't even have to make the yeah. debate. I, yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that stops this from being a full blown horror movie is John Williams' score. He yeah. puts such a like beautiful little thing, even on the tense scenes. It's like very, it's very upbeat, very. It is. It's It's very Benny Hill. Some of these sequences. Yeah. I because I think every now and then something that's scary is played for laughs instead of like shock, and that's what stops it from being full on horror. But like, there's plenty here. Like they're being hunted by like relentless killers. Like they're finding out every rule they know about these dinosaurs is wrong. It shouldn't be able to open this door. It opens the door. It shouldn't be able to figure out where we are. It knows exactly where you are. I mean, we had a final go chase studying our our. It should have been yep, able to make yep, pie, and it just opens up the oven. It's just a fresh. Exactly. <laughs> I the yeah. scene in this movie where the T Rex makes a pie is terrifying. If it right. weren't for John Williams' score, that yeah. scene would be terrifying. Right. It's a huge the fucking, pie. Yeah. Or the sequence of the Raptors like playing blackjack with each other. Oh, it's yeah, like they know, shouldn't be like doing. This. They're so good at it because they know how to. Count. They're so good at it. <laughs> I every time a Raptor pulls out a gun in this movie, it's just horrifying. Horrifying, horrifying. And like, we'll they're say, like they're like, I'm against this, you know, legislation wise. I but I need to protect I myself. You know, they're very an- well thought in their in their Second Amendment rights. I'm for animal rights, baby. Give them guns. That's right. Give I will say guns. one of the best articles I've ever read on the Jurassic World or Jurassic Park series is when the Jurassic World reboots were starting. Uh, one of the film writers I absolutely love, Scott uh, Wampler wrote an article that was just called uh, give the fucking dinosaurs guns and his <laughs> it was just a like a four-page like argument of like why the ultimate endpoint of the jurassic park franchise is dinosaurs running around with guns and he's like let's just get to there because that's the movie we all actually want yeah fuck it yeah gang gang, gang war gang, gangs in new york gangs of costa rica dino island i would even just um, like like an updated version of like boys in the hood but with like dinosaurs you know what i mean uh, <laughs> okay did you ever see the i think it was on the dvd of the first season of archer they did a complete reanimation of the first episode of archer and they replaced archer with a raptor yeah i've seen that oh really <laughs> it <laughs> is a photos. great like if you could find it it's great because there's yeah. just the way archer has that back and forth like rapid pace argument It'll just be Lana and a it screeching works, raptor. You're out. getting half the argument and one person just like screaming, like one dinosaur screaming and it works perfectly. Oh, shut up, you and your erection. And why are there donuts everywhere? Hey, do you want ants? Because that's how you get ants. I, and that's what Jurassic Park eventually should be. Yeah. yeah. Just a telenovela. No, look, man, <laughs> this is a fucking, this, this is a horror movie. The fucking first T-Rex scene. Bro. Please. I mean, even, even even just the intro was like shoot her. Yo, that intro is fucking scary too. It's also low key racist because the first person who dies is a black dude. We all knew that we all knew the brown people were gonna make it in this yeah. movie. Okay, all right. Like Jeff, only Jeff, three people die right. in this movie. This is what is, Jeff... is the movie racist or the dinosaurs no. racist? Because maybe the maybe there's racist dinosaurs. We don't know. Maybe yeah, that's true. We never asked them. The dinosaurs are it's, just it's defending very, themselves from invaders. Yeah. Like they, I don't, I, I don't want to say I saw the raptors running around with a Confederate flag, but 
Oh, oh, I saw don't, Don't, on don't, me. don't, they had a bunch don't, of don't, don't do that. Flag. Don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, do yeah. that. Because the Raptors fuck. Don't do that. Don't compare I mean, the Raptors I mean, the to the Confederacy. Raptors don't do that. Don't do that. And they will swarm don't you do that. as if they were there. Just pile on you on social media. Yeah. Don't do that. You're gonna get dogs. No. Those weren't even those weren't even the those weren't no. the those, those were Utah Raptors. Tell them. The Lassa Raptors are a lot are a lot smaller, like about turkey size. No. Okay. No, we're not gonna compare the Raptors to the Confederacy. All right. We're just not. I'm talking, I'm talking about that thing. Doesn't want to write dinosaurs. Anyways, let's I want to I, I want to talk a quick point that Jeff brought back about the special effects. Um why this movie I think holds up pretty well is I, I was reading up and only they only only used about like four minutes of CGI. Everything else was animatronics. I think that's why. I mean, obviously, like the brachiosaurus scene, you can kind of tell with CGI, but everything else, I was I, surprised at how well it held up. Even that may have been miniature based that yeah. they then put a CGI overlay on. Maybe. Like I I because I think that's how at this point like they. They had this technology and they were doing it, but I know, like, I've seen plenty of behind-the-scenes features for Jurassic Park, and they're kind of constantly talking about how Spielberg was very, like, we are going to use top-of-the-line CGI, we're going to push the boundaries on CGI, but we are going to use it as little as possible. Yeah. Yeah, because this holds up fucking incredibly well. Yeah. Like, this does not look like it's from 1993, except the outfits, maybe. That's about it. I that is the most like this movie is this movie is truly timeless, you know. I, mean, I will the archaeology outfit. That yeah, that's that is the official archaeology outfit. But um it's funny is I, I feel like this came out at a time when I think I was most connected to like going to, to Disney World and stuff. So like watching back to this, the amount of things I see in this that so perfectly link up. To what my perception of like an amusement park at that time frame was like they nailed that aspect just as well as anything else in this that that opening scene like the the full like animated sequence in this with mr dna oh mr dna where did you come from from your blood just one drop of your blood contains billions of strands of dna the building blocks of life a dna strand like me is a blueprint for building a living thing and sometimes animals that went extinct millions of years ago, like dinosaurs, left their blueprints behind for us to find. Is like spot on for yeah. like four yeah. or five different rides at Disney World. That like, was really fun. Mm-hmm. That, that was a really fun sequence. That's like, that's just the little things like that. Yeah. Uh, I, they, they sell you on, so like they sell you on the science on like how they make this work. They sell you on the concept of like, yes, this would work as a theme park. They sell you on like, like the majesty of dinosaurs like there, there's no point in this where something comes off and you're just like i don't get what you were going for there i don't understand like how that fits in everything i just like the mummy everything here connects and like leads to an ending for a reason so i don't mean right. to play trunks right now but i have nine minutes i have eight minutes now until i have to go so uh any final thoughts final thoughts final thoughts well brendan Frazier is going to survive this because if two fucking children can survive it, peak Brendan <laughs> absolutely is going to survive Jurassic Park. He's going to be running it, actually. He's going to be making this into a well-oiled machine. These dinosaurs ain't even getting out. 
if Brendan's around, okay? He's going to grab him. He's going to put him back in the cage. He's going to slam it shut. It's going to be fine. Brendan, keep Brendan fine. It's totally fine. I, I agree. I think there's no way he wouldn't. I, maybe if he was the, the like security guy, I could see him letting his hubris for hunting down the dinosaurs get him in the same way. But nah, he, he, I mean, but we know he's he's coming in. He's Alan Grant. He's got Evelyn with him. And uh, Benny is (laughs) Benny's Benny's Nidri. Actually, no, Benny would be be Wayne Knight for sure. Benny's Nidri. Yeah, Yeah. Wayne Knight for sure. Um, Kids are John and the Magi. Uh, I don't think I have a name of the first one. No, the Magi would be a the Raptors? Uh, no, the mad the Magi, the main Magi guy would be uh Jeff Goldblum. Oh, sorry, Jeff Goldblum they're yeah. they're kind of the power trio and then that's true. Are we not kids. are we just forgetting about Jonathan, her fucking brother? He's the kids. He's both He's of the kids. kids. He's both the kids. There's two of them I think they all survived too. Every okay. all, all the main cat the four main guys in the mommy survive. Rachel Waisu, mm-hmm. Brandon, whoever plays Jonathan. All the, the gunslinging Americans are uh the security guy and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, Samuel Jackson. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the pilot. Which you is... often forget that Samuel Jackson's even in this. Hold on, he has like, the most iconic line. Yeah, yeah. He's, just, he's just smoking a cigarette, undeterred by the fact that everything's going wrong. <laughs> it's oh, probably the most common. Right, smoking a cigarette around all that electrical equipment, you know, just not worrying about any computer damage. It was before they knew. It was before they knew. They thought cigarettes were still okay, and they didn't think computers could be hurt by anything. Okay, but it, they're still cool. They're still know? cool, baby. I mean, we're, we're not getting into that argument again. Yeah. Um, the only one negative thing I'll say about Jurassic Park, and it holds to this day, is pay pay your employees. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, when I Nedry probably had the second most important job in the island besides people breeding the dinosaurs, but he's this man is in charge of your security system, your lights, the gates, everything, you, you better pay that man a 10-figure salary or something. I yeah, think the 100%. thing that's craziest there and is probably an aspect of the 90s that like people don't think about, but he is the single person running every tech-related yeah. thing. Nowadays, that would be the second biggest department in that company. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, before we wrap up, Jeff, can you in detail describe one time when Rick O'Connell kills a dinosaur, what is what is your vision of how that happens as he survives? Dress. I mean, I mean, it's 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 not fun, but it's it's him just unloading his six shooter and jumping <laughs> eight hundred bullets into a fucking Velociraptor. Like, as it, as like just jumping, charges him head. Oh, and it kind of lands on him, and you think he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Everyone runs over, Rick, but yeah. Um, I want to say something cooler than that, but I feel like all the like action scenes in the mummy, they weren't necessarily like creatively weird, they were just solid action. Like, I don't remember necessarily like him kicking someone off of a thing and then landing, you know what I mean? Like, that kind of like weird killings versus just like good, like dodging a thing and then punching them and then doing a thing and then shooting them. You know what I mean? So um, he does have a few did, kind of. He did throw a guy off a boat, which is actually pretty cool. That, that's um, good. Goodbye, Benny. Oh, he, he has a few almost, that boat. He has a yeah. few almost yeah, like Matrix-esque 
Like I'm gonna run and jump and shoot some stuff, but yeah, you know, it's so he, not he's quite just in there. Unload a full twenty bullets, a full two six shooters into um, a, a a velociraptor, just just point blank. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Jeff, oh Jeff, end it for us. Ah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for everyone listening for the past year. We thank appreciate you for it. Having me. Thank you for having me on another wonderful one-year-long anniversary special. I've been Joe Kincaid. I've been Jonathan Ewells. I've been Cisco Navarro. And I'll see you again with another wonderful Brendan Fraser romp. Have you done every Brendan Fraser movie, by the way? No, I have like 10 left. We keep pushing that. We keep, we keep getting distracted by the movies. We keep fucking around and watching things we want to watch instead. Just do, Senior, a Nicolas, just do Nicolas Cage next. Senior, You'll baby. never have to end this podcast. Baby. Oh, God. Yeah. That would be... That was an excellent blast. outro, so I'm not even going to repeat it. Thank you all. We'll be back next week. Life uh, finds a way. Hi, Benny! Looks to me like you're a